Welcome back to the pod. Today we are talking about boobies. Do you need boobs to compete? In this episode, you'll hear two perspectives. So Nicole has had a breast augmentation and I clearly have not. (laughs) I am a member of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. So we touch on our experiences competing with and without a breast augmentation and also the societal pressure to conform to certain beauty standards as well as a recovery process and also the considerations to make before deciding to commit to this procedure. So I guess from my perspective, I did feel a lot of societal and pressure in the fitness industry to meet these beauty standards and conform to them by getting my boobs done. So I am an A cup. I've always had very, very small boobs. And obviously when you compete, it's it's an aesthetic sport. You know what I mean? So when you see a competitor, breasts can often make them look more balanced and proportionate, I find. Obviously there's a lot of fat tissue as well as breast tissue in your boobs. So when you are competing and you are shredded, it is very unlikely that you will have much, much fat tissue left on your breasts. So I can understand why people do get their breasts done. And I find that in the industry, it is quite rare to see people that don't have their breasts done. And that's definitely nothing wrong with that. I think each to their own. Um, Someone I definitely looked up to previously was Hattie Boydell because she was a pro fitness competitor who didn't have her breasts done. She has since got them done, um, which all respect to her, she can do whatever she wants. But I think that was definitely something, uh, she was definitely someone, sorry, that I looked up to in the industry because I was like, you know, it is possible to get to such a high standard and such a high level in this sport without having your breasts done. This is definitely something that I considered, but I think personally wouldn't do. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to the stage where I was like seriously looking into it personally. Um, what about you, Nicole? Obviously you've had your breasts done. Yes. So my breast augmentation was done prior to me competing. So the decision was based not on competing because I didn't know what competing was when I had mine done. Yeah. So I had mine done in February of 2017 and my first season competing was September of 2017. So a little while ago now, um, but my decision was purely personal. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't, at the time when I had them done, I was still not aware of competing as a sport and I wasn't introduced to it really in the sense of like wanting to do it. I was starting to become a little bit aware of it and I had people kind of uh, questioning me if, if I was interested in doing it. They see me at the gym and those kinds of things. But I generally had a personal reason to want to get mine done and that was something that I had wanted to do for a little while but I obviously had to make sure that I was in the the right mindset. I also was in a good financial means because obviously that's a big cost. Um, but also I, I felt like that was a good time for myself because I was starting to do things that were for myself at that period of time in my life. So outside of that, I think that, um, you know, looking now logically, I don't know if it would really make a difference to my competing history because I don't know. I probably will never know unless I have them removed. So I won't know if it makes a personal difference to myself, but I have no regrets in having them done and I don't have any regrets in regards to having them as a competitor. I do wish that I had had some more awareness of how that would impact my training just because I was basically starting training and that was really my first time having a coach and I wasn't training my upper body like I could have like at that point in time so I think that now when I look back me not being able to train my upper body properly during that you know 12 months after I have my 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 breast done because I had quite a large change to my to my breast I was basically it would be like, quite an adjustment it I was a big adjustment. <laughs> waking up with boobs what so for context what yeah yeah size were your boobs before versus now so I think I was an A cup. I was, I think, bordering between an A and a B. But in saying that, I definitely did have uh, D, C to D cup breast in um, like high school, early adolescence. But because I yo-yo dieted for quite a long period of time in my early adulthood and I didn't have a really good body image, so I was dieting and like, trying to be smaller and leaner, yeah. my breast tissue uh, obviously shrunk and as a result I had a lot of loose skin and I, it was something yes. that I was not really confident about um I I definitely felt like it was not something that I wanted to have long term and I knew that probably the only thing I could do about that would probably be having um either some breast 
implants um, yeah. or and also getting back to a normal body weight. Unfortunately, when I did go back to a normal body weight, um, just with the, with the result of me losing a lot of weight just over many years, mm. I just obviously had some some sagging to the skin. So yeah. I did have to go for a much larger breast implant compared to maybe what others might be recommended to just because I had excess skin and, and I needed to fit my chest. Yeah. So I did opt for getting quite large implants. So I went from an A to B and I'm an E cup. So wow. that's a pretty big change. And yeah. it was a very um, big adjustment with just the fact that I had this huge amount of weight on my chest that I didn't have previously. So did you want to go that large or was that what you were encouraged to do? Um, yeah. What's the point of both? It was a bit of both. Yeah. So obviously so, you go in for a consult. So what does that involve? The, the consult does have a, a physical exam in the sense of like the surgeon does look at you and um, obviously looks at your your anatomy, um, what tissue you have. They get you to try on a few different um, like imitations to, to like oh, you wear a bra and you kind of like try on different implants yeah. to get an idea of like how big you want it to be, how much projection you want. Now, obviously yeah. talking about like how you would like it to be inserted, whether it's under the muscle, over the muscle. So you kind of go up for. I went under the muscle because it is a more feminine look because it goes underneath the breast tissue. And then obviously on um, on top of that is also um, any any fat mass as well. If you do have the implant on top of muscle, it can um, obviously impact maybe your ability to train because obviously the muscle is contracting um, with that. But also when you're very lean, you can also see it sometimes in some people. So it looks a little okay. bit harder. So generally under the tissue and under... Uh, looks a little bit softer um, so and looks more would, like a normal breast to a degree. So, yeah, why would people opt for over the muscle? Is that more of like that rounder, like full profile look? Like what's the difference, I guess, between getting over the muscle, under the muscle? It definitely looks more projected, but that also depends on the shape of the implant too because okay. you can get round, teardrop, uh, you can get different types of shapes and they will project differently as well. Okay. So even if you had under the muscle and had low profile, it would look smaller compared yeah. to if you had a under the muscle high projection. So like it would it would extend out further. But I find that a lot of women that have had um, over the muscle in my experience, as in like who I I've in, encountered and kind of talked with, mm. generally they just like it to be a more noticeable look. Like it looks like implants. It doesn't look like breasts. If that when makes sense. You go under the muscle, do you mean? When you go over, it looks more oh, when like you go a, over. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like okay. it's a bit more noticeable that you have implants when when yeah. maybe you maybe choose a smaller implant and obviously it's under the muscle, there's more tissue, so it does kind of soften more and over natural, time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Cause they do change shape and size. Okay. Which is weird. So um, when, I'm just like imagining this. So how do you decide between like round or teardrop do you like come in with photos of boobs and you do you do yeah it's yeah. like going to the hairdresser yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want this so you're just taking in pictures of people's boobs just being like that's yeah. what I or, or they normally wow. have a portfolio and you can look through wow. um okay. and then they normally obviously quiz you or question you as to like what you're sort of looking for what kind of look you want uh what kind of activities you do and stuff like that and they'll give you some recommendations and then from there you kind of try different things and you find out like what you would like from there mm -hmm. and then after that then you would schedule in for your um obviously your your surgery from there that's so, so wild to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think um I didn't actually research enough when I got mine done, I don't think. Okay. Um, I rushed into it because I got excited and yeah. I obviously found a surgeon. I went in and had one consultation and that was it, which is fine. Like they, I'm, I'm really happy with mine, but I know that I would like to get them redone in a couple of years. But naturally yeah. you do have to replace them. They generally recommend, you know, anywhere between um, a 10-year kind of period just just so that way you replace the implant itself. Um, but I think definitely try to go to a few different consultations and see a few yeah. different surgeons and see if you prefer maybe their approach. Um, maybe it's more cost effective. Maybe you might uh, come out with a better result. Or maybe you're not really quite sure. Mm -hmm. But definitely was a big change when I obviously had them done compared to what I was like before because before I was very very lean and small and petite and then all of a sudden I was lean and small and petite with giant things on my chest <laughs> with giant knockers yeah <laughs> I would have it would feel heavy 
So. It was so heavy. I think I woke up and I felt winded for um, the wow. best way to ex- explain it is like um, I felt personally suffocated because also um, I didn't get mine done when I was at, uh, I would say that I was still pretty underweight. Um, so I was probably a little bit leaner. So if, if someone is looking at maybe getting their breasts done after they may have competed or maybe it's not in the off season, just be aware that maybe that tissue is also a little bit tight. And obviously you're going to put on fat mass on top of that tissue as well. But I found that it was like very, very um, high, like high pressure in the sense of like I, I found it troublesome to get up out of bed. So I had to roll out of my bed yeah, for roll. quite a period of time. Wow. Yeah, and you have to sleep obviously sitting up as well. Mm-hmm. So it took a long time for me to adjust. And I definitely feel like it affected my sense of balance and gravity because yeah, I'm having to like, readjust. Yeah, I'd, like I don't know. you pregnant, how- I feel like. <laughs> exactly, it probably is. And I don't think that um, I was prepared for that. Like they do obviously try to prepare you for how it might feel in relation to the pain. Um, obviously they recommend you taking painkillers for a certain period of time. They don't want you to do specific movements. You're not allowed to um, increase your heart rate for a period of time. So I wasn't even allowed to really go walking or anything like that. So trying to get my head around the fact that I couldn't do anything but rest for for a few weeks was kind of a quite strange, particularly when I was like very involved in my exercise and, yeah, um, and, and, you know, you, you don't really want to have a period away. The other thing that I was not really aware of is the fact that because they're cutting into your pec, you do want to make sure that generally for a couple of months prior, you are reducing the amount of training that you're doing around your chest. Because obviously if you have a a tighter, um, shortened pec, it's going to mean that it's going to be harder for them to get the implant in. And obviously it's not going to settle and relax down and drop like it naturally would compared to if maybe you uh, held off with some upper body training and maybe uh, we're doing more isolation movements and staying away from the chest or any direct chest movements. That was something I didn't really know until probably uh, like when I had my consult and because I booked it and then had it uh, within a shorter period of time, I probably still hadn't enabled my chest to kind of relax. So I do think that that impaired my ability to recover as Mm. well. Yeah. Yeah. So that affected your recovery because you were still training quite intensely prior to the surgery or? Yeah. And I think also just generally I, I have, um, I'm going to say I have bad posture in the sense I, um, I lean forward. Sedentary working at a desk. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is tight and and short anyway. And, um, I definitely think that now, um, I'm more aware and more conscious of that. I definitely notice a huge difference, but when my, uh, recovery time happened and I was waiting because naturally they kind of drop. They start off, you get them, yeah. and they're kind of like really weird and square. And then yeah. they naturally, over time, they uh, soften and then they go more round, like, a, and they drop down into their natural shape, like a, a normal breast would. So that's mm-hmm. weird. But well, yeah. um, <laughs> what, what was your initial reaction when you woke up? I was so happy. I was so okay. happy, but I couldn't move. Yeah. Okay. So how was how's your pain tolerance? Do you deal with pain well? Do you find the experience really painful or was it manageable? I found getting my wisdom teeth out more painful because okay. I had them on my nerve. Um and that was oh. absolutely agony for me. Okay. Um I did find it obviously painful, I'm not gonna lie, it was painful. I think the first time you have them done is obviously going to be the most painful. If you have a revision or um, you um, have them removed, it's obviously not going to be as painful because you've already gone into that tissue and it's already been stretched. Yeah. But um, I wasn't... You also pre- know what to expect, yeah. I think, when you're, yeah. you've done it yeah. once. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't necessarily like the pain. They do recommend you to take painkillers for a certain period of time. And I actually stopped taking them because if you've ever had codeine, it makes you like basically you can't go to the bathroom it makes you yeah it it does so I was like I can't deal with this anymore I would rather deal with the pain and I remember having a nurse um uh call and she was like you still have the painkillers I'm like no I've stopped and she's like we want you to stay in the painkillers yeah um so I was like pick your poison it's either can't shit or in pain (laughs) Um. but the thing is like if you can't go to the bathroom and you're in pain and you've got pressure it oh, hurts. And that, that was that yeah. was more of the problem for me. I was like, I because if you're straining, I'm sorry, but you if you have any tightness or soreness somewhere, it, you're going to feel oh, it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So 
it was it wasn't so much like a um I couldn't deal with the pain. It was more so that there were things that I wasn't prepared of that would hurt, such as um, like just sudden movements, just being really yeah. mindful of that. Um, like lifting or, your arms to do you, things like wash your I, hair and open yeah, a cupboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can't, uh, you can't basically extend your arms upwards past your shoulders. So I had to get my mum to wash my hair for like a, a day yeah. or two. Um, and then after that, I slowly regained that a little bit more. But how long did that take before you regained that? Like, it was a couple of weeks. I'm going to say it was okay. about two weeks. I had okay. a couple of weeks off work because I had a, a bit more of a physically demanding job when I was having mine done. Um, so I wasn't like sitting at a desk at that point in time. I was having to move. So yeah. I took a couple of weeks off. But in the same token, I probably should have taken off a couple more because I still couldn't really reach overhead and I wasn't allowed to lift heavy weights um, okay. over my head either. So um that was something that I had to get used to was I try to do a daily activity and even like bending over you things just it didn't feel right and it wasn't necessarily like it was constantly sore it'd be all of a sudden I'd be like oh that feels really uncomfortable or I'd get a slight pain and it would be like oh I know I can't do that okay so it was almost like testing the waters for a while Mm -hmm. um but I, I definitely think that if you don't have a high pain tolerance you might find it more challenging but I think it also depends on the size of your implant because yeah I I got very large implants compared to my frame and do you ever regret that like I know that some people get their boobs done and they're like oh I wish I went bigger or I wish I went smaller are you happy with the size of yours I'm so happy I I don't regret that um I did actually have two different sizes so I'm not sure which one is which Um, I'm metrical so yes yeah 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 yeah. so it just meant that I had more cc's in one compared to the other because I either had a larger um pocket for it to fit into or I had more uh tissue on one side that I needed to fill out so I'm pretty sure it's my left that I don't it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) even now it doesn't matter but um how many cc's did you go each do you remember no I, I, I have a funny feeling it was around 340 on one and then something else on the other, but, um, I would have to double check that just to be sure, but I definitely went high profile, um, and I went teardrop for the shape. So if that gives anyone any context, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, cause I, I wanted them to be noticeable that I had them, um, because, I, I think people are noticing an A cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like I was something that I I wanted to add to my my body that was going to complement my femininity. It okay. wasn't necessarily to um, do anything outside of that. I wanted it to complement my shape. And now that I have become more muscular, my shape mm-hmm. has changed. I hold a higher body fat pretty much year round now. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a good choice now because it does still complement my body. If yeah. I had gone maybe a little bit smaller, I might maybe regret and maybe wanted to go bigger. Yeah. I do find that when I am in my off season, they are heavy. They're, they're heavy. Yeah. So I, it does yeah. like hurt my back a little bit. And that's like probably traps and shoulders. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just have to be more mindful of that. And it does extend to me needing to maybe go do a bit more regular massage or when I have to be a little bit more conscious of it when it comes to when I'm in season. It also means like I've got to be mindful that I might need to do more stretching and more mobility to help me with my posing, for example. Yeah, it would be very heavy to hold. Isn't it crazy that I have no tits and back pain? (laughs) (laughs) And I have have them and back pain. (laughs) Oh, Win some, you lose some, don't you? <laughs> so was your recovery what you expected? Like, how did this affect your training? So obviously you were training quite consistently prior to the surgery. Yeah. So it would have been a big adjustment not training. I wasn't bodybuilding style training though because okay. I hadn't started working with my first coach then. Okay. So I had a couple of months where I was still in the gym kind of by myself recovering and then I reached out to my coach and they were very – um, on board with obviously me still prepping and starting my my season in that same year but it did mean that we had to be a bit more reactive with how I applied some of my movements because obviously I still wasn't able to do um, things that directly impacted my chest so 
I can do things down, like I can bench if I want to, like that's not a problem at all. But during the first few months, I generally recommend you to not do anything that is chest related and slowly introduce certain movements. But funnily enough, I even found things like when I was doing a lap pull down, I I would feel my implant move. And for a period of time, and I'm talking probably close to a year, maybe a little bit more, that used to be quite discouraging for me because I was confused as to why I was feeling it. And I kind of got a bit scared. So I definitely toned down my training. I couldn't train what I do now with upper body for probably a good year. And I think that impacted my, my ability to build my upper body. Mm -hmm. Um, which is probably the only thing that I regret is that I had them done and I hadn't trained my upper body to where potentially I needed to, to be more competitive now, but that's okay. You get your pro card in your first show. I think it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. Like it means that, um, if anyone is, is listening to this, maybe just be mindful of the fact that if you aren't ready to maybe reduce your training load for, um, three to six months directly on your upper body and maybe even longer depending on what your recovery is like and what your comfortability is then maybe pick a time when you can do that um mm-hmm. so I think it's it's good to know that but like that was probably my only regret but I only know that as a regret now now that I look back in on hindsight my, yeah exactly yeah at the yeah, time yeah. I hadn't have any regrets it was just like I don't want to do this it hurts <laughs> yeah 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 so for context when are you able to get back to some sort of movements? Obviously, have your surgery. How many weeks until you were able to be active again? They say around six to eight weeks. It's probably going to be different for every surgeon, every clinic. Six to eight weeks, you're allowed to um, go back. I think it was four to six weeks, you're allowed to go back to like walking and light physical activity, but keeping your heart rate down low. And then it was like six to eight, slowly start to introduce um, more movement. Um, and then like from basically like 12 weeks on is when you could go back to maybe uh, re- like doing your normal style of training, but with um, ensuring that you're not obviously directly um, your targeting your chest. Yeah. The biggest one is nothing that involves targeting the chest because they want to allow for the breast implant to actually just settle and yeah. and heal. Also, you have internal stitches as well, so they don't want anything to split. I- but so- I think... Did you don't rush to training that's all <laughs> yeah oh absolutely and I feel like as competitors we you know it's such a big part of our lifestyle so it is very hard for us to take a step back and actually like allow for recovery but yeah definitely don't rush those things because it's just going to set you back even further yeah. so what were the costs associated with your surgery so I got mine done pretty low cost compared to others I think it depends on whether you have things like an internal bra sewn in if you oh, what is um, that? so an internal bra is just basically assist with uh the implant sitting and kind of like staying just think of it like something like under wire yeah yeah basically oh, okay. and it actually um over time it uh, enables your own uh, body to regenerate new tissue and create it so it's like a, a dissolvable internal stitches so okay. it doesn't permanently stay there um okay. and you you grow your own internal bra but it's yeah. there um I didn't have it but I actually would like to have one put in just because I have big implants I just have big implants and I would like to have that just to ensure that they um retain their shape over time but mm-hmm. outside of that um you might need to have maybe um a breast lift so that would be maybe if they needing to uh, lift the breast and maybe remove the nipple move the nipple up yeah. um so that would be a more invasive surgery but a standard implant it could vary anywhere probably but I think it's gone up in cost obviously over time yeah. mine <laughs> like I, everything yeah, in this economy yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think mine were only six thousand because okay. I only had an implant and I did it locally in the sense I did it on the Gold Coast okay. if you were obviously to travel that might be cheaper or it might be more expensive as well um so I do think that generally speaking most implants will probably be anywhere between an eight to ten thousand at the start yeah. um and then obviously moving upwards I know people that get quotes and they are like 15 to 20 thousand so they obviously need um, they need other things and I I, obviously when I choose to do mine again I will probably need to pay more because I'm probably more likely to perhaps need to have um, Mm -hmm. some other things in association with that but I think um, you know you can get them cost effective but I think there's pros and cons there 
obviously. Um, I think there's things to be more um, like financially responsible for and then things that you need to be spending money on. If I'm getting yeah. something implanted into my body, I am not going for the cheapest <laughs> I'm going for the one that's going to be the most effective and safe. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that there's things that you should not cheap out on, especially in relation to your body. Uh, were you worried about any complications? Like obviously that's a consideration before getting a surgery. Not at the time, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think- I've gone back to normal training for a long yeah. time and I don't have any concerns. I can do push-ups. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Nothing That's feels true. uncomfortable. The only thing that I can't do now that um, I probably will never really be able to do is anything where I it's chest-supported and um, yeah. perhaps yeah. I am obviously horizontal. So yeah, I can still do chest supported things like a chest supported row, but um, what I typically do is I find that I normally come more to one side. Oh, so okay. I, I will opt for always doing an isolateral movement compared to yeah. a bilateral just for comfort. Mm-hmm. And also just with my height, I find that the chest support, it will often sit and it will press right into the edge of the implant and that yeah. hurts. And obviously and then- also if you're prone, you're laying completely, like you shouldn't yeah can't lay on your stomach when you've had breast implants is that right they recommend not doing it for a long time like sleeping on your back for a long time I can sleep on my front now and I obviously can get massages and things like that actually I I didn't even think about massages yeah Yeah. Yeah. so it's a lot of pressure when you're laying on your stomach you'll be putting a lot of pressure on your chest now, now it's okay. Initially, it definitely wasn't something I could do comfortably. Um, mm. And that was also because I didn't like the feel of it expanding once you put pressure on it when yeah. you're trying to lay flat. Because um, I think that's also a fear. You'll think it's going to explode or like yeah, something Yeah, I would but... I think I was going to burst a tit or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not too bad. Like now it's fine. It just means I just can't load that exercise the way I need to for it to be yeah. effective for me because... I can do the movement lightly or like moderately, but now that I can uh, push some pretty decent weight, particularly when it comes to my back movements, I I find that I, it's not effective anymore because as soon as I want to load something that I want to use that I know will be mm. a challenging weight, it's not comfortable. Uh, so yeah. I just can't do it, which is fine. It just gives me a little bit more of an awareness as to what feels comfortable. And I think that's also going to be very different to everyone that has implants. Yeah. I don't think it's only certain exercises that you have to stay away from. I think it's, it's based on what's comfort and yeah. what is um, obviously going to ensure that you get the most out of this exercise. I definitely pay more attention to my clients that I know have implants and yeah. I get a lot of feedback from them as to like what feels comfortable. I automatically will program and remove a lot of things that I know that will probably not be viable. But yeah. then if I get feedback from them that that doesn't feel good, then we take it away. We find something similar yeah, um, that will be better for them. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. You should do that with any any kind yeah, of, of mobility yeah. um, issue anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a matter of with the training side of things is just knowing that for at least six, three to six months that you're probably going to be modifying your training and not training upper body in the sense of you probably can still train your delts and arms, but you won't be able to train your chest directly mm-hmm. at least. Um, you might find some discomfort or pain. I even found that um, bracing for different exercises, even like a leg press, I felt that because obviously if you think about it, yeah, yeah, you're still doing that too. So you just have to be a little bit more mindful of those things and just Mm -hmm. ease things back in, that's all. Yeah, of course. So I guess I just want to ask you, obviously, from a judge's perspective, when Mm. competitors are on stage, is that something that can affect their placing if they don't have implants? No. 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 I think this is a preconception that people think that they have to have them. Mm. But I think it's also very, very um, much looking at their overall shape and what their what balance looks like to them mm-hmm. because really I think a lot of people think that implants for competing is more so needed as of like a, a femininity thing. Like you've, yeah. you've lost a lot of shape. You've lost mm. like the shape in your glutes. You've lost the breast tissue in the sense of like the, the fatness yeah. around the breast. And I think that affects a lot of women's confidence when it comes for to sure. competing. And I understand that that's like a consideration for a lot of people to think that they need to do that. But you can also use um, padding and chicken fillets and things like that to Oh, yeah, um, I was, I was quadruple padded, exactly. girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the um, like, yes, to a degree, it can add a little bit more balance. But if you're already very upper body dominant and maybe your lower body dominant, 
it can actually throw off your balance and affect you um, if yeah. you're not posing well. The same goes if you obviously um, have a, a bra and it's really over padded. You can do the same thing as well. I think yeah. it, it can it's definitely a- throw off your balance if your boobs are almost too big. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> if it also enables, uh, disables the, the judge from being able to see maybe your shape in regards to mm. your waist, your shoulder to clavicle, like if you were maybe in a, a, a lineup such as where you need to flare your lats. Yeah. Okay, if you can't flare your lats because you have implants and then you also have um, maybe you have a top that has full coverage for your mm. bikini top, okay, yeah. you're not going to show that very well and it's yeah. going to maybe um, affect your ability to have detracts. good symmetry. Yeah, it almost detracts from your overall physique and I've seen that a lot where competitors have had cups that are really big for mm. them and it almost throws off their balance because they look really yeah out of proportion yeah. almost so yeah. yeah just making sure that your bikini fits you well yes yeah and that doesn't important. matter if you've got implants or not yeah oh 100 percent. yeah I, 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 I remember when I went to America I had two bikinis that I was deciding between it was a red one and a purple one and I absolutely loved the purple one but when I tried it on the cups like they fit me but they just covered so much of my chest mm. that it just looks so out of proportion and off whereas the red ones were smaller they actually fit my breast and yeah, even though I preferred the color of the purple, it didn't look as good. And that, you know, that's definitely going to play a role when you're on stage and you're being judged on that. Because obviously yeah. it's an aesthetic sport. So if your bikini is not flattering, then, you know, regardless of whether you have fake groups or not, you want to make sure that it is fitting you proper- mm. properly. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, also, like, Obviously, like I'm, I'm trying to express like it's not necessary, like it can mm. deter, but it can also complement as well, yeah. particularly if you are maybe competing in a, a category and you are very, very hard, very muscular, very lean. It could soften your look to a yeah. degree and add a little bit more balance back in. So it there's always a give and a take, and I think it's really personal, and everyone is going to um, obviously have a different opinion, and that's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. I try to look away from that when I'm judging because ultimately, like, whether you have implants or not is p- not part of my judging score. I'm looking yeah, at everything. Overall as, physique. Exactly. And, I'm and like, that is something that is not um, marked down on and it's not something that competitors are not allowed to have. It's also something that is not recommended to have to have either. So you need to be able to look away from that. But I think that um, posing-wise, it can also hurt you and it can help you as well. So it can go both ways there. So a a lot of women might struggle with maybe standing up really tall and proud because maybe they're still very tight. Um, Maybe it also means if they stand up really proud and tall as well with a lot of arch in the back, maybe that throws off their balance. Maybe they need to relax Mm -hmm. their posing now they have implants might go the opposite way. Maybe you have to really make sure that you stand up tall and proud when you don't. Um, so I think it's it's just one of those things that you just got to work with what works best for you. And sure. I think if it's a matter of you wanting to have them because you think that it's necessary, look at it, is, is it whether it's necessary for you to make you feel better in your sense of self just day to day. And yeah. if that's going to provide benefit for you and make you feel like you're more complete, you're um, more feminine or whatever the reason, then that's probably a best decision for you. But if it's just to get a, a higher score, it's definitely not going to give you that. No, um, 100%. I don't think it determines your success in this sport at no, all. No, And that's been proven by multiple competitors who don't have breast augmentations done and who are very successful. But I can understand why people do it to boost Mm. their self-esteem and confidence especially when you are in a physique-based sport I know that when I was shredded I mean I already have a cups so when I was shredded (laughs) they were practically inverted so I understand how you almost kind of lose that sense of femininity because Mm. you don't have that breast tissue you hardly have any fat mass on you so I'm looking like a 12 year old boy um and I'm definitely not feeling I guess yeah as feminine as I typically would Mm. so I completely understand why people would get it I think the reason that I personally didn't is just because I've already encountered so many health issues with my back that I think going through something that would be 
an optional surgery mm-hmm. where, you know, there is potential for risks and complications. I think that's why I wouldn't. And I think in my, like, I guess, self-love journey, I've just become like accepting of the fact that, you know, my boobs are small. There's definitely nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I think there is a lot of pressure in the fitness industry to conform and to look a certain way. So I guess, yeah, I just want to say each of their own, do mm-hmm. what makes you happy and what makes you feel good, but don't do it for other reasons. Um, like, you know, being more successful at competing or thinking that, um, you know, it's going to, um, like doing it for others I think I think you've yeah. got to do that for yourself I'm all for get whatever you want done if it makes you happy and it makes you feel confident I am all for it as long as it's not hurting anyone or hurting yourself um, I think each to their own but I, I guess that makes us want to touch on um, I guess other cosmetic procedures that people mm-hmm. will get and how that um, I guess affects them when competing so I yeah I guess you wanted to touch on that Yeah, so I think um, a nice little segue on the topic of obviously like breast implants because I think that's a pretty common one. I think that's also just a a societal uh, desire, I think, for being fit and healthy. I think that's also just something that we see a little bit more uh, marketed on social media. You Mm. you might find that there are a lot of fitness influencers that also have that kind of look, but they might also be those individuals that maybe – uh, try to stay lean year round and it's kind of creating an unrealistic expectation of what is necessary. Mm. But I think um, I think there is um, also around that as well a, a need to feel like competitors maybe need to have enhancements facially to yeah. help them make themselves maybe look uh, more presentable because maybe when they're depleted, they've lost a lot of that fullness, roundness, maybe plumpness to their facial yes. features. I and, was a skeleton. <laughs> My yeah. cheeks were like sunken in. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's completely understandable. I think um, there is merit for maybe some competitors needing to have that. I think particularly for maybe a more mature, like a master's competitor, that's definitely a consideration maybe because of the fact that they all have also gone through more uh, more of stages of aging. So they're more likely yeah. to have less elasticity and collagen in their skin. So they might have more defined lines and, you know, trying to look healthy as best as healthy as you can on while being unhealthy (laughs) exactly because realistically like we are being judged on our appearance our beauty and whether we do showcase a healthy looking physique even though it's not a healthy way to get there there is an element of beauty that um, can sometimes be affected because you're dieting. And I think a lot of women will showcase that with maybe having more gaunt features in the sense of seeing those really strong lines around the mouth um, that they can really deepen and look really hard. Um, Also sunken in maybe um, under the eyes and maybe um, just looking more tired. So I have seen and I know competitors that obviously get fillers in those particular areas just to help make them look more rejuvenated and a little bit more fresh and I can understand that that's I mean that's totally fine like I think that that's okay and I think if you're doing that uh, just maybe even temporarily is just something to make you feel more confident I I think there's nothing wrong with that I think I think that there is obviously a little bit more of a focus now on women will also get obviously things like uh, lash extensions and obviously like lip filler as well. Um, Like I have had lash extensions before. I found them really frustrating because I, um, I just wanted to rip them all out. (laughs) Yeah, I I like to rub my eyes. I find Mm -hmm. that really annoying. And like that just, the crap out of me to be yeah, honest once, once some started falling out I was like I need to rip these bad boys off I could yeah. not handle it so I just do a little lash lift now I'm like yeah. that's enough <laughs> which is fine like I, I do anything that makes you feel glamorous and makes you feel yeah. your best self that is absolutely fine or you could just do the the bare minimum and have your lashes put on when you get your makeup done but yeah, I don't think <laughs> exactly but these things are not necessary but I think that just generally beauty standards have changed and they are deemed as being necessary to to look a certain way and obviously you see certain competitors on stage and they look very glamorous and everyone wants to look the yeah. same when they're mm-hmm. on stage and it's really easy to think that that's a necessary thing yeah. to have because you see someone else do it. Mm-hmm. And isn't it crazy how beauty standards evolve, though? Like, I know my mum doesn't have much, like, eyebrow hair because obviously over-plucking it was just... I don't remember that. <laughs> just what they did. That was that was the 
yeah, that was the beauty standard. And now the beauty standard is like thick, bushy eyebrows that are laminated, you know, and or like having a small butt was not the uh, was the beauty standard. And now mm. having a big butt is the beauty standard or having small lips was the beauty standard. And now like, you know, we're getting filler in our lips. So the beauty standard is just ever changing. And it's crazy because we probably will look back on, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've gotten too much lip filler and that won't be the beauty standard anymore. Do you have any? I got lip filler maybe a year or so ago. I got yeah. one mil. Just I see, I almost felt like pressure, not necessarily pressure, sorry, but just because I saw everyone else was doing it, then I mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay, like I guess I'll try it. I'm sure that it's probably, I don't know, I don't know how long it lasts, to be honest. Um, what I do get is I just get anti-wrinkle in my forehead because I have quite um, deep lines. So when I was applying makeup I just noticed that like it didn't sit nicely so yeah, yeah the only um the only thing I get done is just anti-wrinkle on my forehead what about you okay. I've never had lip fillers I don't okay. um I personally don't like that look myself no. um, that's nothing to discredit anyone that has it I obviously have a lot of friends that have it and they look yeah. beautiful but yeah. I, I don't think it appeals to me having that yeah. and I I, I can't Think even for like their own. yeah but also I can't even say anything I was like I've got plenty of filler in my chest like <laughs> yeah you're like no judgment from me but when I get lean, my facial features become a bit more handsome. My lips look bigger anyway. Oh, okay. So um, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. even need to worry about that. But I do yeah. get um, anti-wrinkle as well. Um, I get yeah. migraines. So I okay. I mainly get it for that. I don't have any right now. I've been a bit oh, lazy. Me, I'm, d- I'm just wrinkly here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's my main focus is purely mm-hmm. because I suffer from migraines and they're debilitating. Um, yeah. So I just get the added benefit that sometimes it can make me have less of a resting bitch face but um yeah but that's it um I don't I don't think that will change for me anytime soon either I also um I even with having my breasts done I'm still very modest I generally cover them I don't okay. really have exposure. If I'm paying hands. for them, I'm not wearing a top. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty evident that they're. I, I feel like um, because they are so big that I feel more of that need to cover up to a degree, mm. which is also why you, if you ever see me in the gym, I don't normally train in a sports top. It's also very challenging to find one that fits my chest and then my waist uh, because yeah. they don't. Nothing, nothing I feel really like that's does. Anyone in the fitness industry, nothing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing fits. fits I'll no. never find a pair of no. jeans that fit me around the waist and the quads. <laughs> no. And, and then when I'm lean, um, I start to find that I get a little bit more self confident. That's um, like not self confidence. I, I, yeah. <laughs> more self conscious. There you go. Um, yeah. because when I'm lean, it's more visible in the sense of that like, you see the outline of the implant. So, um, okay. yeah, that is something I do notice with competitors on stage when they are shredded is you will see the implant. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't look as flattering. But that's so hard to know if like your implants will look like that when you get shredded. Like, depends how yeah. they're sitting or whether they're under the muscle or over the muscle. Like, you just don't know. Even under the muscle, they're still gonna they're still gonna sit there. If you're getting yeah. into low levels of body fat, they're gonna be there anyway. The mm. biggest issue I found was actually tan doesn't sit very well on your chest compared to um, okay. maybe if you didn't because the skin has been stretched. Yeah. Um. So I got a flat canvas here. So yeah, it, it does fine. Like it doesn't dry as well. Yeah. So um, you might notice sometimes that some women will have a really shiny chest because mm. the tan hasn't dried. But there's nothing you can really do too much about that visibility. It's just going to be there because it it also depends on maybe how new the breast is as well. Um, If it's newer, it's going to be more prominent. It won't have naturally sat into its its, its set point. Um, So it will showcase a little bit more. So you'll typically notice that more with competitors that maybe have had them done recently. You'll see it more so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's it's not too bad. Like it, it does... Like it's one of those things that there's nothing you can do about it. I think mm. most people acknowledge the fact that that's an implant. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we <laughs> know we know that she doesn't have e-cut boobs at that low level of body fat. No, uh, no, no, unless but, you're um, yeah, you're God's favorite. I'm not sure. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Even then, oof. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. 
Um, but yeah, I think in the end, the decision to undergo a breast augmentation is completely personal. I think that it should be based on, you know, what your goals are, what your values are and what your priorities are. And I think it's definitely important to consider all of the pros and cons mm. involved with getting that surgery and just, yeah, ultimately make sure that you're doing it for you and no other reason. Um, yeah. I also think that this is a cost thing as well. So mm. I think people forget that all of these extra things we're talking about and even hair extensions included, whether they're clip-ons or you have bonds or like whatever you have, a halo, whatever, or yeah, yeah. whatever you do, all of these are extra costs that are not necessary. Yeah. So like think of it from the perspective of I can compete and I can show, I can still be very feminine. I can mm. opt for having padding in my top. I can yeah. have a makeup artist put lash extensions on. I yeah. can like I can make myself appear more glamorous and more feminine without mm. the need to go and have a procedure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um I and agree. I think that people forget that there are costs associated with that. And that's not a necessary reason either for you to spend all this extra money just to compete. Yeah. It it should have um other and other benefits for you and mm. um complement you in general. Like it should just make sure that you feel like solidified as who you yeah. are as a person and you're making that decision regardless of whether yeah. you're a competitor or not. Yeah. yeah, and I think just not feeling that pressure to conform with other people. I know that throughout my competing journey, I had so many people ask me whether I was going to get a breast augmentation. Really. Or not. Yeah, and it was just something oh. that was not on my radar. Like, obviously, I know that I've got very small like a, That's boobs. not a conversation I, I've ever had. So really? yeah, yeah, well, you've got E-cup boobs, I imagine. <laughs> no one is asking you that. Um, but, yeah, no, I had a lot of people ask if I was ever going to do it. But, yeah, personally, I just think it hasn't been something that I considered or would, um, I guess, go through. It seems like a very, um, you know, intense procedure. You've got to... Mm-hmm. Um, take off a lot of time and also recovery time um, so yeah it's nothing it's something that I've obviously kind of um, considered just because it was an insecurity of mine for quite a long period of time but I think as I've gotten older I've just become more accepting of my body That's for good. the way it is yeah. Um, yeah nothing nothing wrong or nothing against people who get breast augmentations I just think personally um, I wouldn't get one but mm-hmm. each That's to their fair. own but I can see why people feel the feel the pressure to mm. in the fitness industry because it, it it is quite rare to see competitors who are like at that pro standard who don't have their breasts done it's definitely not like something that you don't see ever but I think that it is rare it's definitely a lot I think there's like there's a lot of um pro like IFBB pro Olympians that are still yes. don't have them and just yeah. opt for having a a molded cup and yeah. it looks almost like questionable. So if oh, you have okay. a good bikini, you can yeah, kind of get exactly. away with it. A lot cheaper um, than a, a boob job. Yeah. <laughs> and I think people are becoming a little bit more open about that just because uh, there's just generally just more information in general out there. People are being a bit more vocal. So I think that there's also this misconception that people are like borderline. Maybe they just naturally can retain a bit more breast tissue um, naturally. Must be nice. Like um, like I have, I have worked with competitors that have been able to do that, Mm. and it's it's something that obviously not everyone can do. It just will depend on how much maybe breast tissue you have, what level of leanness you got into, um, just your genetics there, but. Yeah, there's definitely like plenty of competitors across multiple categories and mm. at the top level, like the elite that definitely don't have them and don't feel inclined to have them yeah. either, which is good, but yeah, one of those think, things. So, yeah, is there anything in the criteria with natural federations in relation to that being prohibited or what? what you, uh, it's basically like um, there's... There's not really like set rules, but there's like rules, right? It, it's mm. basically things like um, like breast implants are fine because I think that that is something that you can't you can't judge and on a woman's choice to have a breast implant. Like it, it's yeah. not something that we ultimately train for outside of maybe if you were competing in women's bodybuilding, for example, because yeah. obviously you're displaying some muscularity in regards to how you're posing as well. Yeah. And the like, other categories... So it's, judges it's, are it's, checking out your pecs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit different. So I think that that is a bit more um, like common in the sense of like everyone is accepting of that. 
when it becomes things where people are having enhancements to create the appearance of maybe um, things like having calf implants, abdominal implants, uh, you even see shoulder implants, like things where people are adding onto their frame to -hmm. create the illusion. That is obviously um, something that is not, it's kind of like frowned upon. I'm I'm not going to, it's, it's not like you can't have it. I'm sure people try to get away with stuff, but it's known like you, we will know on stage if someone has something you can you can see it you can definitely tell the difference Mm -hmm. and it's I think it's just one of those things that you know if you want to push the boundaries and do that um you got to kind of accept that there might be consequences that it is going to be known and you might not be awarded um okay so uh, but I think that that's something that it just goes with maybe being a good sportsman in the sense of like Bodybuilding is a sport of bodybuilding. You're building yeah. your body. So yeah. like um it, it just it's not it's, body buying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think if you look at it from that perspective, um, like that's my opinion. I don't think that someone, uh, male or female, should have an 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 enhancement for an area that they should be able to grow and develop in the gym. That's yeah, my right. opinion. I absolutely agree with that for sure. We'll just wrap it up there, but I think each to their own in terms of doing what you want to your body to make you feel happy and confident. But know that that's not going to determine your success in the sport, whether or not you have your boobs done or your lips done or whatever else. It's, you know, you're going to be rewarded on your overall balance and proportions and your conditioning, your size, your muscularity. There are so many other factors that go into it. And, you know, these enhancements are just like the 1% almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, um, you know, picking the right suit color. It's that yeah. little, that little thing um, yeah. that doesn't take away from like your actual hard work that you do in the gym. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I don't think anyone should feel pressure to conform to these beauty standards in the fitness industry. Ultimately you can be successful in this sport, regardless of whether you're an A cup or an E cup. So yeah, case in point. <laughs> case in point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But that's pretty much all we have today. We hope that you love this episode. If you did, make sure to follow our page, leave a review if you're feeling extra kind and share us to your story and tag us. Bye.